Shane McEachran. Brother Ow! Shane, reunited in the car, man. Dude, we've had a crazy year, amazing year we've had. Uh, the great, uh, the breaking news, the Van Halen breaking news, Joe Satriani, who was working with Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth on some kind of Van Halen tribute effort. We don't know what's going to happen there. Of course, you saw the news that Jason Newstead, uh, the statement that he made, uh, it was to a Florida newspaper, I think, where he was talking about uh, Alex Van Halen reached out to him and said, hey, I want to do a Van Halen tribute project and it would involve you also. Was there any truth to this? Uh, can you talk about that? You know, I, I've been talking with uh, Alex and Dave for about a year about, uh, you know, doing uh, something, a tour, something like that, that was going to be a true, you know, tribute uh, to Eddie and the Van Halen legacy. What song of Eddie's do you like to play the most? Which which one do you like to go back to? Um. <laughs> I know there's a, really, a lot. <laughs> it's a good question because I was thinking about that the other day and I thought that is a weird choice, Joe. You know, if someone ever asks you, like, come up with a more interesting one, but it's hear about it later. I oh, don't yeah. know why I love that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I love the song. I love playing it. That, uh, oh gosh, I mean, Michael Shanker on the show, Steve Vai. Dude, can you believe what kind of year it was? Come on now, give us a break. <laughs> One break. Come it up. <laughs> now it was a it was a tumultuous year, really. Yeah. Number of rock stars who we lost in just Terrible. the past past six months. Christine the, McVie. I mean that. The end of twenty twenty three has been. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean it's just like wild. I mean leaves me speechless talk about that tribute you did you know on uh christine mcvee it's just gone super viral i think people were just realizing i think a lot of people didn't really i don't think people read the news anymore listen to yeah. the news so i think people saw it and didn't realize that she had passed hey everybody this is joe lincher hi everybody this is john halford hey this is steve hackett you folks are just working on a triumph from a talking rock with dave and shane yeah we're back in philly folks ladies and gentlemen i turned 40 and i had to come back to philly and spin it with brother shane and the whole gang that's been time. amazing yeah uh but man steve Vai had him on the show he was making news talking about uh praising david lee roth and david coverdale who he played with you know both who announced their retirements and he said yeah. you know they're, they're retiring at the top of their game you know what more could you ask these guys are heroes you know they they came and they delivered hard and God bless them. You know? And now that they're at that point where they just want to kind of gracefully bow out, that's, I think that we should celebrate them. Richie Faulkner coming on talking about, because this was back when the Rock of, Rock of uh, Royal oh. Hall of Fame was going on and Dolly Parton was offered, you know, she was nominated and he, you know, said she was absolutely a wonderful choice. Um, he didn't question it. He just thought, because she had, she had said at some point she was going to step down, and he yeah. thought that was awesome because Amazing. that would give Judas Priest a possible chance. I think it was a classy move, really. I think she she recognizes her brand, um, and it didn't necessarily fit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
And I, I think it raises questions to what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's brand is as well. Um, to call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not have bands like Judas Priest in it from the day from day one, I think is a weird thing. I've said this before. You know, it, it's um, it's shocking, really. I, I don't know how you can call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without having bands like that in the, as default. But it turned out the rock gods were smiling and both Dolly Parton and Judas Priest got in and yeah. uh, we MC5 did. Yeah, which is <laughs> wild because we totally thought they would. I mean, you know, Priest had been overlooked for so long. Oh and, God, and by dude. the way, Dolly Parton's doing the rock album, which yeah. is awesome. She said, she was saying, you know, I got to earn my way and now she's doing a rock yeah, album. Yeah, with Debbie cool. Harry, Chris yeah. Stein, a whole bunch of other oh, people were involved. Brilliant. It's like, um, it was Miley Cyrus. I mean, it's like she... She really gets it, man. Yeah, she does, man. She knows what uh, the fans want. She's a class act. Dolly is just a yeah. class act. No way, no other way of Rob saying Halford's it. Rob going to be working with her. Right? Yeah, well, they did, um, I think, yeah. And I think I know they did a jam, Jolene, right? Uh, yeah. During the uh, Rock Hall. It was but a whole he's lineup. supposed to be on the new album. Yeah. She tapped Simon Le Bon and a bunch of other people. Which is from awesome. The, yeah. The, That's right. The Rock Room Hall of Fame presentation or whatever ceremony to. To, to appear on the album. So, now, how brilliant is that? I mean, what? That's just Dolly. Th that's producing on the spot. Like, that's production on the spot. She's like the Amazing. Gene Simmons of. I mean, she yeah. gets it. She gets it, man. Yeah. So, yeah, we then, love her. We love Dolly. And then we had, of course, uh, Joe Lynn Turner. Joe, yep. Joe Satriani. Joe Satriani. Uh, with the Van Halen reunion yep. rumors. Mm -hmm. And. Take it away. Yeah, you know, at first we thought there was going to be something he said on our on the show. Uh, well, let's play the tip right there. For me, you know, it's a terrifying yeah, <laughs> process yeah. of of doing something like that. But I realized that it was something that would be a real labor of love for me. I, would, I was just so honored to take on the challenge. Um, you know, that I know that. Uh, it's it's very complicated, and uh, um, all I can really say about it is that if it does happen, I know we'll make it the the, the greatest thing ever for the fans, and we'll, and we'll all celebrate together. Yeah. Uh, not only the great Eddie Van Halen, but that great the legacy that that band uh, created, the amazing amount of music and the goodwill and good vibes they created as a band. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know these things are always happening in the music industry and you're supposed to keep very quiet about it <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes they don't work out, you know, right. there's usually about, you know, like 10, like crazy ideas that float around and musicians are always like, okay, I won't say anything about this because it may not work out. Don't want to hurt right. this person's feelings or disrupt any other business plans. Uh, so yeah, we were all pretty shocked that, uh, that uh, Jason wanted to, uh, go public with it because we we were all sworn to silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's Alex doing? I mean, you know, Alex obviously, you know, he's he never did anything outside of Van Halen, of course, and he he never really talked a lot in the press except for you know band interviews. I mean, how how's he doing? How's Dave? I mean, just in the times that you've you've talked to them, obviously everyone's devastated. And how are you doing since the passing of Eddie? Yeah, um, I have to say that uh, you know. Just getting to know Alex has been really uh, wonderful. He, he's, a, he's a great human being. And, and obviously, uh, you know, we can't ima I can't imagine, you know, losing a, a brother uh, that way uh, so soon. 
and they were really close like you know that that's just their relationship was really quite unique um and uh so um yeah, yeah i i don't know i don't know dave that well you know I got you, um yeah. i think i've only met him once maybe at a uh, when uh, Steve invited us to see uh, the David Lee Roth tour, I was in Australia with Mick Jagger at the time, so we all went. It was it was quite an experience. But um, yeah, I've only uh, spoken to Dave uh, on the phone a number of times over the last I don't know twenty five years or so. So, um, but you know, he's David Lee Roth. They're Van Halen. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And um, uh, like I said before. Uh, it, if it ever does happen, uh, it would be a great honor and a terrifying challenge. Right, <laughs> right, right. Eddie is not, you can't reproduce what he did. It's just, you can't, you can learn the notes and, you know, you can be taught all the fingerings and get the gear and everything, but there was only one Eddie and he was the epitome of an original genius, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but if it does happen, uh, I know that, that Alex will make sure that it's the right way. When you were talking about Eddie Joe, um, do you consider him to be the most important guitarist of our time? Uh, I guess, um, you know, I do. Um, I, I don't know if it matters what I think, but um, uh, it's, I, and, and perhaps it's, uh, you know, part personal and, and, uh, and part uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm one of the multitudes of, of crazy fans out there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that when you hear the record and you read the articles, you see the pictures, you see the film clips, and then you have memories of seeing the band live and seeing Eddie live, you, you really see the total picture uh, of what Eddie Van Halen was and what he brought to the world of music and guitar. So that's, that's pretty simple because there's plenty of examples of great composers great technical players, uh, fantastic entertainers, um, you know, where they excel at certain points. Um, but Eddie kind of like, he, he really pushed the envelope in <clears throat> so, so many different areas of, uh, uh, of music and of being a, a, a rock and roll entertainer. Um, you know, he was probably one of the most physical and, uh, and funny and yet dead serious when it came to music, you know, and you could hear it. And, and he and Alex obviously worked on everything until it was so completely unique and natural that everyone responded to it. Well, as soon as they heard it, they knew right away it was the real deal. So, you know, uh, his, his uh, musical inventions, uh, uh, you know, they just became normal for guitar players. And that's pretty intense. A lot of us guitar players make up some silly ideas and <laughs> things, but you know, not all of them, let's say hardly any of them actually permeate like into, you know, the, the, the final design of every guitar just about, you know? So um, yeah. when you think about stuff like that, uh, you, you, you really impressed, you know? Um, but for me, it's just like the, as soon as I hear him play, I hear something really big. I can't put words to it. It's, it's just truly amazing. And, and uh, uh, there's nothing that can really replace it, you know, so you can only, it's like when you hear Hendrix, you know, live at the Fillmore doing uh, Machine Gun, there's, there's nothing oh. like it. It's just, the, it's just like this thing that happened that is uh, the most unique and wonderful thing in, in the history of recorded 
uh, rock and roll guitar. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like it. He just laid it down and was so far ahead of everybody that the world changed once that record came out. Every, everybody said, well, if you're going to be a guitar player, <laughs> you know, you got to be able to do that, understand it, manipulate your guitar like that, you know. I mean, just think of what he did for the guitar itself. I can get real nerdy about this. So you guys please, do. Oh, please, no, do. please do. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> but when you just think about like what Hendrix did to the Stratocaster and just, you know, just you take out the politics and the entertainment factor. And, you know, he was playing on New Year's Eve and he had a new band and, the, you know, that whole thing. And you just go, OK, this is a guy who said, OK, here's the Stratocaster. Look what I can do with this. And the rest of you guys are asleep compared to what I'm doing <laughs> on this little piece of wood that was designed in the early 50s. You know? And uh, and Eddie did the same thing. He said, OK, you know, yeah, I grew up listening to Hendrix and Page and everybody else. And uh, but look what I can do with this put together Stratocaster, you know, yeah. and, you know, very few people do that. But, you know, time goes by and you can look back and you go. That was fun. That was exciting. That was trendy. But that guy, like, he, not only was it all of that, but he changed the world. And, yeah. and that's what it Wolfie kind of put some water on that and said, you know, there's nothing really happening now. He suggested this year, Wolfie did, Wolfie, Wolfgang Van Halen, that uh, there's somebody holding up this whole process. Didn't say who. Yeah. Many wondered if it was David, David Lee Roth. Uh, we do know that, um, uh, you know, a lot of folks have said, even Lukather, that it's up to Alex Van Halen. Yeah. It's up to Alex. We also had, uh, well, that that story actually took point into the pages of Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone picked us up. Eddie Trunk said we were apparently a podcast is where this came yeah. from. So that's why you see people, if you wonder why it says, why do they say, why do they keep saying apparently a podcast? Because Eddie Trunk said it. Yeah. Exciting us. <laughs> and then we had some other smaller breaking news around that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, what else was it? I can't remember. There's a bunch of stuff. And I, yeah. I do remember, um, you know, Michael Shaker was on the show and uh, he was, uh, he blasted Metallica. Rudy right. And his brother. Rudy and his brother. Uh, he said that, Casey you know. Downing, Metallica, yep. uh, pretty much anybody that was standing metal corner there for for pretty much most of the interview um he did a an assault on yeah he said that basically <laughs> he was the first no pun intended uh that's right that he was the first that he was the phenomenon that got no pun intended there that got uh, the whole look of metal started he even said that metallica they were just you know uh they're in it for fame basically well and then the guitar yeah sound the right chugga chugga. yeah he says he did that that was him uh kiki downing is a poser Yep. And stole his look. Mm-hmm. And Rudy is a prick, which uh, is interesting because Rudy is his brother. The brother's war. <laughs> Continues. Is it uh, fun to see your brother and the Scorpions uh, with a big album, Rock Believer, out right now? Have you listened to it? I, I don't listen to music. I, don't listen, I definitely wouldn't listen to Rudolph's music or appear yet. <laughs> oh, wow. You guys are not close, I, fair to say? I don't trust Rudolf. He is a bully, and I don't connect with bully and bullies, and no normal person would. When's the last time you talked with him, or when's the last time you had any uh, oh. connection? Years and years. Seven, oh. eight years ago. Okay. 
Oh, wow. Wow. I, I didn't know that. What, yeah. yeah, I mean, is, is, is it just uh, is it a brother brother thing, or you just you just don't want to talk no, about it? No, he whipped me off. He, he whipped me off. They asked me to help them, and they didn't credit me for the songs I had written. And uh, and they asked me for the you – know, I never knew about these things until 2015. They tried to make the Love Tribe album their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't give me any credits. And uh, they asked me to help them when I when they when they when Rudolf found out that I had left this, the, the the UFO, they asked me to help them to to um, with a half done last drive album because Matthias was not capable, and so I said okay I will do that and that's it. And they, their expectations were that I join the band and leave and and stay with them, but I just left UFO. Why would I do the whole thing again? I had a different vision of what I wanted to do. And anyway, I opened the doors for America for them with the, love, with the help of the Love Drive album. The Blackout album is a copy of the Love Drive album, basically, because they don't, didn't really know which way to go, but I had a fixed um, 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 idea of, of, you know, like the way I was writing, the way I was doing things, they were leading to success. And Rudolf always used to ask me for reference. Yeah, what do you think, Michael? What do you think, Michael? What do you think, Michael? Until they did blackout, and then it was more like, screw you, Michael. And then they started to, you know, to tell me that. And in 2015, they asked me to help them with a, with a, with a set box. And uh, when I found out that they lied about how the Love Tribe album came about, when I found out that, um, that my intro that I wrote for the holiday on Love Tribe, and that um, that uh, that I um, wrote um, coast to coast all the melodies because and gave it to Rudolf because he asked me if I would give it to him so he can have the whole song and I gave it to him as a present. I don't know why they treated me like this um, mm-hmm. out of out, you know as a thanks. You know, in, they should have really appreciated my help, but they never showed one inch of appreciation. They were so focus on success and fame they were running all rudolf was running over dead poor bodies to get there you know i heard a story that that they paid fifty thousand or the scorpions or the record company or whoever fifty thousand dollars um to promote uh rocky like a reg- uh, hurricane and they paid off rec- uh, radio stations to play their song otherwise the song would have never gotten onto radio mm. Was it? Uh, do you think they were jealous of you? I mean, do you think? Because I know the story was that yes. there was uh, all they have, all they have, all they have left for me is Schadenfreude. You know what Schadenfreude means, and that comes yes. from and from jealousy. Jealousy and Schadenfreude comes together, and it's one of the most primitive ways of living life. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I know there was another piece of meat. There was we, the story was that there were the three songs. That were pu- that was uh, publicly said that you did on Love Drive, but it was you did the whole thing. You worked on the whole thing. I played. I actually played. ended up playing on the whole album, mm-hmm. but it didn't stick out because um, 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 Dieter Dirks. He was when I was in the studio. He kept asking me, "Oh, Michael, do something here. Michael, do something here. Michael, do something here." Because he knew that I was polishing the album to a highest level standard. And by getting me involved in so many things, I can't even remember how many things. He, he always is asking me, Michael, please do this. 
I only know that I did like four or five solos. I don't even remember how many solos I did. And because by how uh, in the end I was copied so much that I can't even I can't even I can't even tell anymore because I was kind of put into this into this situation so quick and and I was bombarded with helping out in so many different ways that in the by the end only years 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 later. I realized, man, bloody hell, that what I was doing for that album was like beyond my memory, you know, only it all came back when I was cheated by by this uh, checkbox thing, and uh, the Scorpio, I uh, for the first time realized how poisoned uh, Rudolf had been by all of the, that success that was money, what's it called, call it, um, it was fabricated. The whole success was fabricated. Basically, Rudolph was trying to convince the audience in America that he was me. And he even told me stories. Oh, Michael, can you believe it? Joe Perry put, uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Michael, how are you doing? So even musicians, they mistaken Rudolph with me. Can you believe it? How many in the audience didn't understand who was Rudolph, who was Michael at the end of the day, both having Schenker, blonde hair, and playing the Flying V black and white? Yeah, I, I rem- yeah, I remember seeing that you guys do Dr. Doctor at the High, High Voltage Festival, and it actually was kind of difficult to figure out who was who in that in that video. Cause, that cause was you guys one of the last looked- things when I was a. That was one of the last things when I was okay with Rudolf because I always supported. I never, like I told you, I never looked into the machine. I never was part of that whole scene. So therefore, I never. I was just a a silent kind of, um, 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 what do you call it? I was a, si- a silent, silent, extremely partner. important, mm-hmm. an ex- silent, extremely important person to the whole scene of rock and roll. But because of my silence and not having any interest participating in the mainstream and the commercial world, I was an easy person to be ripped off because I would not know that I was ripped off until 2015 when they approached me to help them with the, with the set box. That's when I found out that in the end my name wasn't even mentioned anymore on the Love Drive album. So it was, uh, was a little heartbreaking, that one. I, I kind of thought, I mean, I don't know how yeah. you felt, but... Oh, absolutely. I didn't realize there was that kind of divide Michael's there. like on such a pedestal for me. And yeah. To hear him go Just where he went. nuclear assault. Yeah. No pun intended. Armed in, what is it? What was that? I don't even remember the name <laughs> oh, of the no. record. <laughs> no. But yeah, we, uh, we've had a wonderful year. Yep. We want to thank all of our viewers for for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Erica, of course, and Colleen. Yeah. Big fans of Philly. Yep, that's right. Jill and Turner talking about taking off the wig, which was there a huge that's, thing. That's the story. That was a huge thing. Check that out. While we were making this record, I started to feel... Uh, something has to happen and my uh, partner, wife, uh, co-manager she's amazing she just said now's the time man and I said you know you're right even though I was trepidatious about it of course you would know naturally I would be a little fearful because you know you're putting your foot in in an unknown territory Um, she said you know what once you yourself people love you more and she was damn well right once you're, once you're yourself, people love you more because you come out and say, this is me. I got nothing to hide. I got nothing to prove. 
take your shots, do what you got to do. And hey, by the way, here's the record. Now what? Yeah, heavy as hell record. Oh man! <laughs> but for, for for all those years to to have the um you know the hairpiece on, I mean, was that right? Um, did you feel like that was um w- was it hard every night to go out and do shows and and yeah. kind of yeah? Well, you know, it's a it's a it's cumbersome. It's like you you're wearing a jacket when you don't need a jacket, you right. know, in a way. Yeah. So so when you're when you're wearing hair as we, we call it, um, it's like you got a hat on all the time. Now, let me tell you, it's going to get real cold in the winter, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you got you to get your array of, uh, of, of wool caps or whatever. But, yes, it's cumbersome because you're sweating underneath it, and, and, and it, 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 it's not real, so it gets knotted, and then it's a problem. And it starts to look ratty and old, like an old sweater, you know, and you've got to keep the upkeep and everything else and the expense. And uh, I might interject about this uh, model that had alopecia. She's gorgeous, but she had alopecia and she's making a grand living out of it now because she's, you know, they can put wigs on her without it. She looks very futuristic, so on and so forth. And she was explaining the same problems that you, you just asked about about the cumbersomeness of it. And then the big one with Joel and Turner, which we didn't intend for it to be massive, but uh, Joel and kind of attacked uh, a series of members of Rainbow Current and and former, and yeah. it kind of got a little bitter. He said Richie was tarnishing the legacy by not bringing anyone back from the actual, you know, viable lineups and just bringing out a bunch of people who we didn't know. How amazing would it be if if the project surrounding Richie Richie Blackmore uh Deep Purple Rainbow all you guys could somehow just rise above that uh not you of course but some of the other guys and just go out and perform like yeah. one last big hurrah how cool would that be well man I tried to do that already I know before Black before Blackmore did the reunion, you know, that reunion, call it what yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we were in discussions about, I mean, it's old news, but we were in discussions about having everybody that was in Rainbow together for an extravaganza. I mean, anybody who was still alive, you know, and, and even paying tribute to Dio and, and everything and trying to get them all in one place at one time, do a two and a half hour show at least. And, authentic rainbow reunion and um it just got squashed down you know by his by manage his management and everything else i mean uh, i had the live nation set up i had a, a, a documentary 3d documentary like the guns and roses yeah same guy barry summers who did that he's, yeah. he's a good friend of mine and it just fell on deaf ears you know and it became that reunion became i don't know what it was really because it really wasn't a reunion of anything. There was, you know, nobody in Rainbow before. Yeah. Who was there? You know, I mean, it was Blackmore's Night, really, and with a new singer, that was it. And so, we- yeah, we tr- I tried that, but it didn't work. I mean, they didn't buy for the idea. I guess when you're too altruistic or too authentic, you know, it kind of <laughs> just doesn't get past you know, <laughs> some people. So we saw Richie doing the 
his own a new version of rainbow where it's just him and it was uh it was like man you know we really want to see you out there so i want to see Graham out there you know it's like you know the, right. the voice you guys are the voices and you wrote the stuff with them and it was just like come on like you know yeah yeah, yeah like, no i i mean there's a lot of people that loved rainbow but they were too young to go to the concerts right or they never saw them <laughs> live and this would have been the chance for those people and I have a lot of people in my own family like this that, that wanted to go see Rainbow, but really see Rainbow, yeah. you know. And um, that was not it. That was, in my opinion, I've already said, it's a cheap imitation of uh, a weak, cheap imitation of, of uh, I don't know, man. I don't even know what to call it. It was a train wreck for me, you know, because I think he damaged the legacy, you know, that way of Rainbow. Because Rainbow was a, a fabulous band from start yeah. to finish. And it was right. a band. Yeah. It was a band. It wasn't just one. It was like a band. It wasn't just. That's how it felt to us. I mean, yeah, Richie's coming from you know Deep Purple and all that, but it was. It felt like a like an equal part. Like everybody brought something really special. You know, it was. And when he dropped Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, it was because everybody was part of that band Rainbow. Yeah. I mean, you look at the players in Rainbow, or you look at some of the live shows that we did uh, on video. That band was tight, man. Yeah. That band was super tight super powerful the people would go crazy because this band was so exciting live and i think those were the days where richie played his best Ronnie Romero. right and ronnie said basically look i'm doing my thing right you know he was in an Suck awkward it. yeah he was in an awkward position <laughs> <laughs> oh my head hurts because they keep hitting the headboard here the car but we're two gentlemen talking rock and roll in a car that's how the show began ladies and gentlemen the two-person show is so great oh my god but yeah ronnie and you know ronnie works hard and you know he felt undercut so you kind of feel for him but you know at the same time you, you kind of see you know you can see joe Lynn turn his point but you hate to see this stuff you know you really do well you have to ask yourself is rainbow pretty much just basically a shadow of its former self at this point i mean are they rainbow and that's that's all Joel yeah. was trying to get at was he was like, here I am, you guys are touring, I'm here. You don't ask me, you ask somebody else. Uh, I mean, he played on, he sang on three of their biggest albums, you know. And uh, I, I get it, I get that yeah. perspective. Mm -hmm. And you know we. We're just listeners, man. Yeah, and we, we're fans. We're, we're not trying to stir it up, but right. man, this year was a wild ass year. There was a, a lot of <laughs> friction, man. A lot of friction with bands. But you know what? A lot of great albums. I mean, uh, An Hour Before Dark, uh, you know, uh, Marillion, amazing record. Uh, you know, Joe Lynn Turner's album out there, Spring Belly of the Beast. The all here. Oh my God. And, and we got Snake Sabo coming up. In uh, 2023, an amazing interview. Just Weird. wild yeah. stuff, man. They found themselves again. They really did. Yeah, they're, they're one of the big success stories. Um, KK's Priest is, is going to have a new record coming out um, mm -hmm. I mean, shortly, probably. By Christmas after or so. This after, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're excited about that because they're going to start touring again in 2023. Tim Ripper Owens losing his mind on Facebook. Today, going nuts today, actually going nuts oh man love it uh, they're playing major festivals uh they have they already have dates set up so we're i mean we're happy for kk uh we were also rooting for kk uh through the years to to get back with the band or at least like mend 
defenses or whatever the word would be. Great to see them at the Rock Hall. Yeah. To see Richie and KK together. Um, I have to say, and, and, you know, KK talked about this, you know, the, you know, Jane Andrews, the manager of the band, went on a podcast and basically said, yeah, KK should have stuck his head into the dressing room and said, thank you, and didn't do that. The band, the Rock Hall told the band, you know, you could have anyone out there or nobody at all. Well, obviously, KK was a founding member of Priest. They're really, they're, Glenn wouldn't have been in the band. KK wanted a second guitar player. Yeah. So, you know, it's just to, to, to undercut KK like that. And, and he, he checked in, too. I was texting him. I'll read some of that real quick. Um, he was basically saying, uh, hang on one sec, give me a second, folks. Uh, digging it up right now. I think he's taking it on the chin pretty good, yeah. actually. He said, yeah, he said, mate, this is bad to bring such a special occasion down for us. He said, th- I, I told him, I said, you know, I know, sorry, We, I sent him the link to the story. I said, you know, you were fantastic up there. Uh, he said, thank you, mate, pretty effortless gig for me. Wish we could have done more songs uh, uh, to test me a little. So, yeah, I mean, they only had, what, eight and a half minutes. So he wanted a lot more. Uh, he, he obviously uh, initially, right after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he kind of sent mess. We, you know, we 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 had corresponded with him. He said, you know, we asked, is, "Do you think this is going to lead to something?" He said, "Probably not." Right. Yeah. Which is a little, you know, unfortunate. It but, is. Um, but he's just being realistic about things, and he's doing his own thing, and Priest is doing their own thing. We got two different albums again coming out from. Yeah, both sides. Which honestly, I can't complain. For. I know it's great Great for Priest. Is one of my favorite records of last year. Yep, not this year, but last year. And uh, yeah, I mean, dude, we're metal's uh, metal is in very good good shape. Yeah, dude. And and KK delivered the goods at the Rock Hole, and he's doing it again, man. And that's all you can ask. Yeah, branching out from metal into other yeah. Avenues of music. Uh, one of my favorite interviews this year was the legendary David Crosby. Still, I think, and and just you know, a pinch me moment, man. As David Page would say, just like, and, and we covered so much ground. We had twenty five minutes or so, thirty minutes. We covered blue. Well, we covered first of all, you know, his hey, thoughts on Stills, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell gets it. Right. That's that's yeah. songwriting. Yeah. Um. Joni Mitchell just had the big anniversary for Blue, I think, right, Shane? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, you know, I mean, what, what was it like, uh, you know, watching her kind of just celebrate that, that huge moment? I cried, same as everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, she was I, a big old lady, man. I'm, I, I can't help loving her. Yeah. We were together for about a year, and... Uh, and I watched her write those songs, and I wrote songs next to them. And I got a big spot in my heart for her, man. I made love to that woman many, many, many times, and I love her very, very much. She's a very what, difficult woman. Are you still close to, with Stephen? Are you still talking to him? Are you guys ever going to do Yeah, I am, and I do. Yeah, he and I do talk, and I do love the guy, man. I, He changed my life. He came along, and I was in The Birds, which was a really good, successful band of kind of folky, ricky, ticky-picky kind of stuff. And then here's Stills, you know, playing, swinging so hard. Yeah. 
And uh, he just, I wanted that. I wanted to swing that hard. I wanted to play with him uh, in a band so badly because mm. he's so good. And uh, I will, I'll, I'll be grateful to him all my life. Those harmonies alone are just so iconic. I mean, everything's iconic, but those those harmonies are so signature. Um, and I think so many. Yeah, we do good have, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what does it mean to you that so many artists have have tried to replicate that and it's been such a founding influence on so many groups? Well, you know, the tendency with harmonies is to do the triad, to do the the normal, you know, tonic and and the third and the fifth. And that's like that's how they teach you to do it in school. Um, I tend to like different relationships. I tend to like to slide a different relationship in there, and uh, so I pick odd notes, and I wind up with odd structures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and sometimes it works. You are, uh, you're hilarious on Twitter. Uh, I appreciate your voice. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to read your, your tweets. Uh, I know that you like to stir things up a bit. I mean, what, what, what is your take on, on that form of social media? Are you a big fan of it or you just like to, to push buttons or? What? I think it's fun, man. I think you shouldn't take it too seriously. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's fun. I treat it as fun. Uh, I I I do think people are fascinating, and I do think they reveal themselves uh, probably more than they realize. <laughs> and and uh, I do think it's interesting. I don't want to treat it like it's a, like it's my life or something. You know, people get really serious about it, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't. I don't want to get that serious about it. I want to continue to have it be a fun thing that I do sometimes. When, when certain things blow up, like the Maiden, Iron Maiden thing or the Eddie Van Halen thing, and there's news stories written about that, I mean, do you, do you think it's good? Do I care? No, not, not at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, look, man, I have different tastes than other people, and I'm not ashamed of them. Right. I don't have to like everybody. No, I don't right. like Iron Maiden. I never liked Iron Maiden. I'm not going to like Iron Maiden. It's crude, basham rock that I don't dig. <laughs> so why, why, you know, why, why pussyfoot around about it? Kanye West. That's right. Uh, we Woodstock. Oh my God! Yeah, How we, did we get all that in? We, we, I mean, highly recommend if you're a fan of, of David or you're just a fan of any of that stuff in general. His tweets. Check out the interview. We covered a ton of yeah. ground. Yeah. He was absolutely wonderful. Um, he talked about coming back. You know, what can we say? New music. New music. And, and his voice, I mean, still. He might not be able to play, but as I told someone earlier this evening, his voice, he still got it. Yeah. It's a beautiful voice. If I'm a huge fan. Dave's a huge fan. Mm-hmm. David Crosby um, live at the Capitol Theater check it out so yeah you good. don't realize how much an important part he was of not only his playing but his vocals and the birds and Crosby Stills Nash Crosby Stills Nash and Young amazing uh, just listen to you know, Lady Guinevere sometime and 
get back to us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In the meantime, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah. See you in 2023, folks. The lineup is smoking. We got so much new stuff so coming your way. Stuff. Interviews with members of Kansas, Skid Row, and, uh, of course, Doug Aldrich of... White Snake Dio, you name it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the new Mike band... Mike from Frank Zappa's band. Mm-hmm. And we have a really... You know, we're trying to tie this in with the end of, you know, the end of the road for Kiss. Yes. We, um, Lydia Chris. We had, uh, Lydia Chris reached out. We talked to her. We had a, it was about a two hour interview with her. Amazing. Amazing chat. And, um, we got some really, really, it, I really felt like I was there. And we got some really, really cool insights into Kiss, the early days. The first and, show, the very first Kiss show. Yeah. And she's going to be there for their very last show. Yeah. She's going to go. Herself. Absolutely. And so it, it's just uh, it's something you really, if you're a KISS fan, you really got to check out, even though we've gotten some flack on it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. On our tees uh, earlier bit. in the summer. But hey, somebody out there doesn't like Lydia. We're just keeping it real, man. We're just she does it real. too. Yeah, that's right. We're just uh, the messengers, so don't kill us. That's right. Mm. Let the metal kill. Oh. oh, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This is. Keep rocking. Man. It's been an amazing year, brother. Love you, bro. Love you, man. So great to be with you back in Fly. Philly here. And uh, 2023, it's going to be a cooker. Woo! Rocker Nations. Yes. David Chain. Love it. Yeah. Yeah.